Welcome back to our weekly episode of Chronicles Unleashed, where we bring you tales of life, love, and human error. Our characters, fictitious and the real, suffer from the trauma of their drama and then struggle to rise above it. Hello, faithful. It's Chronicles Unleashed, your favorite Washington, D.C. griot. You know, it's been said that you never get a second chance to make a first impression. Now, last week in part one of our fictional story, Bless Me, Father, for I Have Sinned, a mysterious and elusive man made an interesting first impression during his job interview at a church rectory. While his approach was unconventional and very risky, he was hired. Ah, but from what we've researched from the actual job recruiters and interviewees, truth truly is stranger than fiction. Listen to these examples of peculiar interviews. We'll start with the actual job seekers who like to live on the edge. We call this section Risky Business. The first applicant sent over a shoe with his resume so he could, yes, you guessed it, get his foot through the door. Verdict? They hired him. They thought it was funny, attention-grabbing, and fabulous. The second applicant sent over his resume on a postcard while he was on holiday. I'm wondering how much he had to say if it all fit on a postcard, but I'm not going to go there because he was hired. They felt that this simple yet lovely gesture showed courage, commitment, and personality. They were impressed that he was thinking about them while he was on vacation. The next applicant sent the interviewer a heart-shaped balloon with a thank you note. Sounds hokey? No, no, he was hired. The note said, if you're looking for a candidate that rises above the rest, that you'll love, remember me. It's hard to forget about a candidate when there's a lovely reminder left floating by your desk for the foreseeable future. That wouldn't have done anything for me, but I wasn't hiring. But then there was the next applicant who sent his potential employer Chinese takeout with her details inside the fortune cookie. Now she was hired. You should never, ever, ever, ever take bribes. That's bad. But that said, the applicant would at the very least get a phone call and it would be a shame to let that good food go to waste. Our personal favorite is the last applicant. He was asked by the interviewer for his greatest strength, and he replied, I'm lazy. When asked to explain, he said, if there's an easier, more efficient way to do something, I'll find it. Nailed it. He was hired right on the spot. Now, let me give you a disclaimer. We are not recommending that you engage in any of this behavior. We are sharing strategies that work in these individual cases. There is no guarantee that it will work for you. That's why this section is called Risky Business. Then there are also those job candidates who go above and beyond the call of duty even before they get the position. We call this section True Grit. Listen to how these people said they got their jobs. Candidate number one. She said, 
I once went on a job interview where I parked my car, got out, and locked my thumb in the door. My keys were already in my purse. I yelled for help, but no one came. People just looked at me and kept walking. I finally managed to twist and turn and get my keys out of my purse. I went ahead to the interview for the receptionist position. Now, during the interview, the interviewer asked me to take a typing test. I explained that I couldn't because of my thumb. I offered to come back the next day and take the test. The interviewer got me a cup of ice water. I soaked my thumb and we continued to interview. The next day, I got a call from the company. I was hired. I hadn't even taken the test, but they said anyone who could stay as calm and collected as I was with a thumb swollen and bruised was somebody they certainly wanted to run their front office. I was with that company for three years and left as the office manager. I'm impressed by that. I could see how they would have been. And then there was another person who was seeking a job who wrote the following. In the 1980s, I was interviewed for a 300-employee Silicon Valley company run by a CEO with a military background. During our interview in his office, a rather severe earthquake began, but the CEO never acknowledged it. All the other employees evacuated the building, leaving just the two of us in the office with books flying off the bookcases, lights flickering, the whole nine yards. The CEO never even flinched. So, neither did I. A half an hour later, the shaking stopped, the people came back into the office, and our interview ended, with neither of us ever mentioning that we just sat through a seismic event. A few days later, the CEO offered me the job. I think that part of it was because I was able to handle the pressure. Well, I guess so. There was yet another job seeker who shared this cautionary tale. I had an interview with a software engineering job where I was required to do a coding test. Pretty typical. What was atypical, though, was that this coding test went on for days, where I received multiple calls per day from the hiring manager quizzing me about my code. Finally, I'd had enough, and I told the recruiter that the company was either going to have to hire me or put me on retainer. They begrudgingly agreed to hire me. On my first day, people there were buzzing about a great stockholders meeting which they had the day before where the company announced that it would now interface with a new data set, an important advancement. I realized that the code necessary to complete that interface was the code that I had produced on my test. To top it off, when I was hired, I signed a sheet that said within three months they could get rid of me, no questions asked. Three months later, they got rid of me, no questions asked. Now that was foul. He should have hired an attorney. The next applicant went out of his way to demonstrate his willingness to people please. At the very end of the final interview for the job in a city planning department, I was asked jokingly by the planning director who had a bluegrass band if I could play the mandolin. I said no, but that I could sing Blue Moon of Kentucky. And I did. I got the job. I guess so.
Sometimes, no matter how good the job looks on paper, you just know it isn't the job for you. These candidates had the courage to walk away before it even got started. We call this section, Take This Job and Shove It. Listen to what the first candidate had as an experience. A few years ago, I flew from my home in Boston to interview for a promising job at an emerging Californian tech firm. After interviewing with several VPs at the company, I was brought into the lobby to wait for an interview with the CEO. At this point, it was around four in the afternoon. There I sat and waited and waited and waited. After 8 p.m., the CEO finally opened the door and called me in for an interview. During it, he had an alert go off on his phone. That means you just missed your flight, the CEO said, as if all part of his plan to show off his power. Of course, he was the one paying for the said flight. The next day, I flew back to Boston, and a few days after that, the CEO offered me a great job with options at the company, which was just about to go public. Largely because of the way he acted in the interview, I turned it down. How did the CEO respond? He wrote me an email in all caps that read, I have a list of the 10 stupidest people in America. You are now on that list, you idiot. The job would have made me a fortune, and yet I have never regretted that decision. Wow, I wouldn't have either. Here are some inappropriate interviewer answers that will let you know it's time to go. Candidate, what's the company culture like? Here's the interviewer. Incredibly stressful, competitive, and to be honest, a little vicious. Yeah, you might want to pass that job up. Here's another one. The candidate asked, what happened to the last person who had my job? Here's what the interviewer said. Yeah, you don't want to know. Hmm. This is another question a candidate asked. What do you enjoy most about working here? Interviewer, clocking out at 5.30 p.m. That doesn't sound promising. And yet, here's another question that a candidate had. Where do you think I'll be in five years? Interviewer, probably working somewhere else. People don't last long here. That's not very encouraging either. Another candidate asked this question. Is there anything else you'd like to know about me? Here's what the interviewer said. I'm leaving in a week. So to be honest, I don't really care. Yikes. And finally, this last response and question. Candidate, what was your first impression of me? Interviewer, hot, but a little stupid. Of course, all these people did not take the job. All of us know at least one beleaguered employer who has complained that good help is hard to find. After reviewing these examples, we'd have to agree. Take a listen. One recruiter said that your personal appearance can turn what should be a success story into a disaster. A young coder fresh out of high school 
came in wearing a vintage t-shirt that said Gatorade with the Gatorade logo. But after the recruiter looked at the t-shirt a second time, she realized it was not Gatorade. It said get laid with the same logo. She was thinking it was supposed to be one of those cool, ironic t-shirts that the kids are wearing nowadays, but she gave it 20 minutes and then wrapped it up out of courtesy. Needless to say, they didn't hire him. There was another recruiter who said this. We interviewed a candidate who looked great on paper and whose resume mentioned owning a small business. We asked him if he was still involved with the business. He said no and then proceeded to tell us in very elaborate detail that the ownership of the business was cleverly transferred to a friend so that a crazy ex couldn't get any more child support money. The candidate bragged about how slick this was and that this was a way he could really teach the crazy ex a lesson. The applicant also began to spew more unwanted and irrelevant details about the relationship. Needless to say, the employers were not terribly impressed by his trustworthiness or his communication skills. Note to the wise, during a job interview, keep your personal stuff to yourself. Another recruiter told us this, that there are candidates who are seemingly disqualified because they, on their first impression, because you just think they're horrible, but they manage to still get the job. Here's how that could happen. The team, in this case, had decided to interview candidates over lunch. So the first guy is cordial throughout the whole thing, seems to get along with everybody. Then, at the end of the meal, he picked up his plate and licks the entire plate clean, like a dog. He covered every inch of the plate in the middle of a nice restaurant. Then he set the plate down like it was the most normal thing to do in the world. They just stared at him, and then they awkwardly tried to wrap things up. Afterwards, they kind of laughed about it, and they thought it was a crazy way to throw an interview as he had been doing so well. They took the second guy out, almost just a formality at that point because they weren't going to hire the first guy, they thought. Again, everything is fine. He's polite. He seems perfectly qualified, seems to know the right things to say. Then at the very end of the meal, they asked him if he had any questions for them. He paused, thought a moment, and said, So, what is the student-teacher dating policy? Afterwards, when they were sitting around together, one person on the interviewing team said, Well, looks like we're hiring the plate licker. Now, how is that for the lesser of two evils? Then there are those people who deliberately self-sabotage. Listen to what this interviewer had to say. I interviewed someone. In the middle of the interview, they broke down. Everything was going well. And the person said, I'm just a new mom. I really don't know what I want to do with my life. It turns out that she was trying to blow the interview. And she was getting frustrated because it was going well. She knew she was going to move in a few months, but she was getting unemployment and couldn't turn a job offer down. Then, finally, there are those who are desperate to fit in. They make attempts to qualify for positions that are epic fails. Listen to this example. A person was interviewing for a surgical tech position and they listed cutting tomatoes at Burger King as a surgical skill. I am officially robbed of all vocabulary. 
The world of work is an evolving place, affected in part by social ills and or changing attitudes. That said, here are a few examples of just how much change has gone on. One recruiter said that she was told by a gentleman that by crossing the Maryland state line, he was in violation of his probation, but felt that the interview was well worth the risk of possible jail time. She was unimpressed. Another recruiter recalled having this conversation with a potential employee. Hey, do you guys drug test? Yes, we do. For like all drugs? Yes. Okay, thank you for your time. And then he got up and left. At least he didn't waste their time. A company CEO reported the following. He named one interviewee Frankentramp because she was unapologetic about trashing her former employee's wife who had the audacity to disprove of her skimpy outfits and nonstop flirting. He also interviewed another job seeker who arrived drenched in so much perfume he cut the interview short and dubbed her the stench of doom. His colleague, who was also a CEO, recalled a candidate who named Fifty Shades of Grey as her favorite business read. The book chronicles the erotic relationship between a college graduate and a young business magnet. Enough said. One personnel manager remembered hiring a terrific on-paper candidate to conduct oversight on construction projects. Unfortunately, the credentialed new hire had flaws, like maxing out the new corporate credit card on clothes just before leaving the project explosives unattended by the side of the road. This strange but true story ends just as strangely. The employee denied everything. Needless to say, the person was fired and refused any recommendations. Then there are the sure-fired buzzkills to any interview. Take a listen. A candidate took a family photo off the interviewer's desk and put it in her purse. Another job seeker started screaming that the interview was taking too long. Another job seeker said her main job was being a psychic medium and she tried to read the interviewer's palm despite the interviewer's attempts to decline the offer. She couldn't see that in her future. When asked what her ideal job was, another candidate said, painter of birdhouses. The company was hiring for a data entry clerk. Still, another person listed their prison time as a job. Well, you have to fill in the gap some way, I guess. And then there was another person who was an exotic dancer who called herself a customer service representative. I don't think that was the service they had in mind. Another job seeker asked to see the interviewer's resume to see if the personnel executive was qualified to judge him. Then there was an interviewee who applied for a job using someone else's resume. During the interview, they couldn't answer any of the questions about, the history, about her history. She never bothered to even read it before she went in. 
Another candidate announced she hadn't had lunch and proceeded to eat a hamburger and french fries right in the interviewer's office. Another job seeker apparently had enough and without a word stood up and walked out in the middle of the interview. Another interviewee wore a jogging suit to an interview for a position as a financial vice president. Maybe he was mimicking the casual workplace attire of Mark Zuckerman. I, I, I don't know. Anyway, it didn't work for him. He didn't get the job. There was yet another interviewee who interrupted the interview to phone his therapist to ask for advice on answering specific interview questions. And then there was a job seeker who would not get out of the chair unless he was hired. The interviewer had to call the police. Talk about arrested development. Yes, the workplace has definitely changed. And during the pandemic, we've seen a lot of that. A wise man once said that people who do the world's real work don't wear ties. Get Unleashed and list at least one group of employees whose jobs were pandemic proof. For example, garbage collectors. Hit us up on Facebook and Instagram and on Twitter at ChroniclesUNLE1. Join us next week for part two of Bless Me Father for I Have Sinned. Confessions may be good for the soul, but will it cause collateral damage? Invite your friends and family to come join us and become unleashed. We only get paid when we get played, so hit us up every week. Special thanks to Mixkit and Michael Ramirez C for the Chronicles Unleashed theme song, Scripted Life. This is Donna Edwards signing off, reminding you that every saint has a past and every sinner has a future. There is hope for us all.